Hello and welcome to another episode of the CG Garage. This is episode number 392, featuring Mio Markovic, VP of Animation Production over at DreamWorks Animation Television. I have uh, known Mio for uh, a while. Uh, he, uh, you know, basically when they were starting the the, the division at DreamWorks, uh, and uh, it's grown so much. Uh, and really fascinating. The enormous amount of work that is being produced out of there is just absolutely staggering. Uh, and it's really cool to sort of uh, see, you know, where he came from and how he got to do the kind of things that he's doing. So it's really inspiring in a lot of ways. Uh, Kristen, what did you think of uh, of Mio? Yeah, well, his story's uh, really interesting. And uh, he stuck, as I said, with the A's in his career from advertising to animation. Yep. Um, and... Yeah, he just takes us how he ended up at uh, DreamWorks Television and kind of what a small unit it really was in the beginning. Um, And also that, like, I think also when they started, Netflix and over like a huge order. um, And it was one of the biggest in uh, TV history. And it was thousands and thousands of hours of programming. um, And then just from the small group to over 900 people very quickly. Um, and they're doing just amazing stuff. And he also just describes like animation as it's a tool to tell stories and it's not a genre. Um, and he hopes like, you know, it'll go towards more all ages one day. Um, and I think he, something about a generational thing too. Right. Maybe I think it's starting to turn into that. And you guys discuss uh, LD and R and how it's more, adult but yeah it's just it's a great episode it's great it's great and and you know it's very true like there's a lot of stuff going on in the history of animation these days and it's very you know sort of he's at the heart and the thick of it uh and so it's really kind of interesting to see what's what's happening in the in that world so really great to have him on and to have that perspective from him so uh we have a couple of announcements uh you can find us out at chaos.com the first one is uh maya uh, v-ray six for maya is officially out so you guys could check it out so besides all the great advantages that you have from v-ray 6 for max there's also like uh, the v-ray and mesh and the infinite dome uh, the finite dome uh mode and uh procedural clouds there's also cool stuff uh there's enhanced usd support that's been added there's a new v-ray profiler that calculates the memory consumption and gives you a much better way to debug your your renders and to optimize them as well uh and of course uh in speaking of optimization uh the fog render is about 30 percent faster and the translucent materials are twice as fast so lots of great updates in v-ray 6 so check it out and uh it's out for public beta right now but uh, v-ray 6 for sketchup and rhino are also out at this point so go check this all out at chaos.com now we have a whole slew of events going on in september kristen tell us what we know and what, what where you can find us out Yes, yeah, so you can find these out at chaos.com slash events. Uh, the first one we have coming up is September 15th through 16th. Uh, we will be at 3D Base Camp in Poland. Um, and the next event is actually you will be at THU from September 18th through 24th. So if anyone's going to THU, let Chris know, say hi. Um, and then September 24th through 28th, uh, KS will be at Design Symposium Week in Berlin. Uh, right after that, September 26th through 30th, we will be at 3D Base Camp in Vancouver. And lastly, to end September 27th through 29th, KS will be at Autodesk University in New Orleans. So got a lot of stuff. A lot <laughs> of stuff going on. So again, if you need to find these all out, just go to chaos.com slash events for all of the information, dates, and details. Perfect. Now, if uh, people want to know more about the podcast, where can I go, Kristen? 
You can go to facebook.com slash cggaragepodcast or chaos.com slash cggarage. And if you'd like to watch us, go to youtube.com slash chaosgrouptv. Perfect. And if you guys have any questions or uh, or ideas or about guests or any comments at all, just email us. Feel free to email us. Labs at chaos.com is our email. And of course, uh, you can always leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be much appreciated. But for now, please enjoy episode number 392 with Mio Markovich. Welcome to another CG Garage where the chaos group talks. You'll know it's over when the last bucket drops. We're gonna fire off rays in high dynamic range. We know that ambient occlusion is passe. Global illumination won't lead you astray. And while image-based lighting is really swell, you need to make sure everything has for now. Very excited to have you on. We've obviously been talking to each other for, for, for years over a lot of cool projects that you guys are working on, but I thought this was a good opportunity to want to get to know a little bit more about you and how you got into animation and, and, and kind of the things you're doing now because uh, it's very interesting, but also just kind of know more about generally DreamWorks animation uh, from the TV side of things, which is what you've been mainly focusing on. So let's start with your past a little bit. What was your background? What got you into computer graphics and animation? Yeah, it's, so it's really interesting and, and just also just happy to be here and, and you know, finally uh, jump on here and, and have this opportunity with you. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely took the long road to, uh, to, you know, animation and, and, uh, I started out in, uh, in advertising actually, uh, <laughs> advertising kind of communications. Um, and you know, that's, that was kind of my major in college and, and originally got out, um, of school and interned in that field, um, and worked for quite a few, uh, advertising, uh, agencies and some in-house uh, kind of companies as well, uh, handling their advertising, marketing, and PR kind of, um, always like individual side of stuff. I did some copy as well, uh, but did that for years. Uh, I think I was in it for about eight years, eight, nine years when I got out of college. So I got, uh, pretty deep into it. Um, so reached a pretty, pretty high level at it. I think I was a director or, or VP level, like towards the end of my time in it. Um, and was working a lot on, uh, commercials, a lot on, uh, you know, graphics for advertisements and, and that sort of thing, but more in a capacity of, you know, like a creative director sort of role and production sort of role. Um, and I found myself really liking, um, the graphics side of it and the things that the people I was actually contracting were doing. Um, and as my job kept getting more and more business oriented, I found myself craving more and more and being on the art side of things. So, um, so at, you know, a certain point in my career, I just decided that I was, uh, going to, you know, do a career switch. Um, and I ended up, you know, leaving that field. I did some, some kind of consulting type work and freelance type work, but I went back to school. Um, and I ended up getting a graduate degree in design, uh, at Pratt Institute, um, okay. where I studied set design and, uh, architectural design, uh, with the intention of, you know, getting into, uh, set design and more of the art direction side of things and, uh, and eventually work in, in film or TV. Um, so yeah, it was an interesting road. That was a, a long program and kind of got me into, 
uh, that side of things. So um, I, after I finished my, my master's degree in, in, uh, at Pratt, uh, I ended up working in architectural pre-visualization. Um, and got involved, uh, with, you know, architectural kind of designs. Uh, and of course, uh, I specialized quite a bit in lighting also. Right. Um, so I got into the aspect of, you know, creating the, the projects for like pitching architectural projects or development projects. Um, and that kind of took me into that field. Um, I worked in that briefly for a few years. Uh, with the full intention of, of getting into entertainment. So I think it was two, three years. I worked at a, a couple of firms and, um, and a lighting firm. So, um, you know, learned a lot. It was really interesting. But for me, it was always the intention of getting into entertainment. And really, you know, I loved movies and, and TV and always loved it and wanted to, to get into that. So I took the, the plunge and, and moved myself and my family uh, my wife and two uh, young children to uh, California, to LA. And I came out and I actually came out with an architecture job waiting for me. Um, but I kind of knew that I probably wasn't going to stay in architecture for a long time, but I needed to, <laughs> I wanted to, you know, to, to make my way out here and, and give it a shot and see, you know, maybe I would, you know, decide to stay in it. So I came out um and I worked on some really cool projects. Um, I worked at a, a company called KGM Architectural Lighting um, and worked on uh, one of my first projects when I came out was working on the W Hotel in Hollywood and Vine, mm -hmm. uh, which had a lot of really cool um, lighting opportunities there. And this this company, KGM, also um, specialized in... Uh, uh, stuff for, for casinos and a lot of Vegas things. So really like effects and lighting and stuff. So we did a lot of pre-visualization of those kind of things. It was, it was a pretty, pretty cool job. Um, you know, I really liked, liked working in it, but, you know, ultimately I started to, you know, crave to get into the actual, uh, you know, features and, and, and TV side of things. So, uh, so I started to kind of look around to get into uh, some freelancing and some visual effects work um, and then um, was doing some of that. But uh, eventually, like I think my first like TV uh, gig was uh, I got hired at Nickelodeon um, working. How on, did you uh, do, how did you make the jump? Um, so interestingly enough. Uh, I was taking some classes at, uh, at Noman, uh, yep. school of visual effects, uh, just taking a Maya class because I was a, I was more of a 3d max person. And, you know, I had heard like, oh, you know, you really need to get into Maya if you want to work in the same business, you know, there's not a whole lot of 3d max and, and, you know, I had, I hadn't had as much luck with it. So what happens, I was taking some Maya classes and, um, I wasn't like in their program, like their, like, uh, whatever it is, their three year program or, or what have you. But, uh, I was, uh, I noticed that they were doing this big gallery show, um, there. And I went to the person who handled like student affairs and I said, I, I, I said to her, like, you know, um, I'm interested in that gallery show. I was like, can I, can I participate? Can I show my artwork? And she said, well, you know, that's for, that's for, for students, for full-time students. Um, and, and I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, she just told me she was really nice. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that was that. Then I got a call a few weeks later 
saying that somebody had dropped out of the of this like kind of showing and that if I can if I wanted a spot um you know I was taking a class a class or two there and I was like sure so I took a class I sorry I I participated in 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 the in this gallery show and uh mm-hmm. I met quite a few people there there was people from uh ILM uh I think Pixar um Nickelodeon was one of them and you know, I met a bunch of them and, and started kind of uh, talking to them. And they said, you know, they, I guess they liked the work that I had. And and uh, they uh, contacted me. A couple of them contacted me. Nickelodeon actually contacted me. And, and I went up for an interview. And uh, I got offered the job. So wow. um, so I, I uh, so it was kind of a weird kind of story where some sequence of, of you know, events happened that led me to it. Um, and I, I, you know, I started there and jumped right into it. I started working on, uh, a show, a series called, uh, the Penguins of Madagascar, oh, right. uh, that Nickelodeon was doing, which was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah. And then I, that, that's, that's how I kicked, start, jump, jumped into it. I think that that was like, you know, 2009, I think maybe. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. I almost have almost identical story because I also came ah. from an architecture background. I had an architecture degree actually, and I worked as an architect and did visualization and all that stuff. And then moved out to LA, and then someone said, "Hey, we need to build all these buildings for Day After Tomorrow. Do you want us?" <laughs> and so I said, "Okay." And so that's kind of how I made the jump over. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's 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 uh, it, it's really interesting because I find that that architectural um, degree, you know, mm-hmm. like even though I don't work in architecture, like taught me some amazing things that are so, you know, transferable into planning, building, approaching how to take on projects and, you know, how to like build them from the ground up and stuff. And I don't know if you have the same experience, but I feel like it it really was very valuable to me, even though it's not exactly what I work in. Right. I think that's absolutely true. I think the biggest thing that I learned because, uh, I mean, the the juries were really, really tough at, at Rice. It learned to teach me how to have a <laughs> take criticism well. <laughs> that you know, it's funny that you say that because, like, I, I had that same exact experience. Like, they were really rough. Yeah, Pratt's critiques. a good school. Yeah, it, it, they were really tough, and and I, you know, there was people in tears at these mm-hmm. at these reviews. So yeah, I just had a thick skin. And, if somebody gave me notes, like I would never get offended, you right, know. Right. And and it was it was kind of interesting because I found that a lot of people would, and I just had this really thick skin and just I felt like yeah, like that's part of it, you know. Like someone's going to tell you, you know, give you a suggestion and and so on and so forth. So yeah, absolutely. It's funny you say that. It's 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 uh it's definitely a great place for training. <laughs> yeah, it's a great training and I think it's a great thing. And, you know, and you said, you know, specialized in lighting and I was in the same thing. I loved, I loved the idea of lighting and seeing how a light fills a space and this sort of what got me very sort of interested in, in that field specifically. But, well, cool. Okay. So now we're, we're caught up into to Nickelodeon and then you started working on Madagascar. How long did you work at Nickelodeon for? Um, I was at Nickelodeon for about three years. Okay. Um, so I worked at Nickelodeon. I was on on the Penguins of Madagascar uh, season uh, three, where I was a, a lighting artist uh, on that. And then uh, the person who um, who was the lighting compositing supervisor moved on to a new show, onto a new production. And I took uh, 
I took her um, spot basically on the show for season three. So I started, I you know jumped in, I did I did well, and then I kind of got pushed into this higher role. Um, so it was a pretty quick kind of trajectory for me from moving for artists into this into this uh, kind of more of a supervisor type position. And um, you know I think that it helped that I had worked in a different field where I knew how to deal with people and had worked at a higher level. So I, you know, I wasn't someone that was like fresh out of like school. Like I was kind of had been in the workforce for a long time. Um, so it, it, you know, really worked, collaborated a lot with the art director there and, and, uh, the showrunners. So, uh, you know, I, I learned a lot actually. It was like a really great opportunity. And, and the person that I, I, uh, I worked with who, who was the comp supervisor, prior to leaving, she was like, you know, really generous with, uh, with the way that, you know, she let me do stuff and, and sort of like trusted me. And, you know, I, I it was a really good experience because not everybody does a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people who micromanage and that sort of stuff. But this person wasn't like that at all. And it just really allowed me to, to really, um, you know, you know, soak it all in basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. That's great. I mean, I think you're right. Also, you know, I, I, I came in as, as someone in, in, in visual effects as a new person, but I did have all these skills of like, I understand how to organize things. I understand how to talk to people and communicate. And the fact that you worked in advertising as much as you did even before that is, you know, that's all, that was all you had. This was your third career pretty much at this point. Pretty much. It, it really was. It's like, I, I kind of have had three, three phases to my careers. And it's like, it's right. really interesting. Um, I've always kind of been, somewhat envious of people who knew what they wanted to do and like got it right the first time. But I was not that person at all. I'm somebody who's, you know, twists and turns and sort of like wasn't sure. And, you know, part of it for me is like, I was that person that was when I was, a you know, out of high school, like I did not know what I wanted to do. So I kind of had to figure it out. And, you know, I was a little bit of a late bloomer when it came to to sort of like career uh, sort of uh, trajectory and deciding what I wanted to, you know, work in. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, okay, so uh, did you? Is, was that the point where you jumped over to DreamWorks at some? Oh uh, no, so sorry. I, so I, so after that, you know, I went and I worked on um, the centralized team at Nickelodeon for a while, okay. which is something they, it was called the core team, and it was like their centralized. Uh, CG team that kind of supports and builds out new shows and, and sort of, uh, you know, does a lot of the development work. And I, I did that for about a year, uh, okay. which that was really great because you do a lot of things in that one year. Like, you know, I did some, you know, I did some uh, advertising uh, work for the Ninja Turtles series. You know, I did some shorts uh, that, that, you know, Nickelodeon had started their shorts program. So I worked on two or three shorts. Um, as well as working on some new, uh, uh, properties that were, that were developing, um, you know, that later became series, uh, and stuff. So, and some of them that didn't, you know, but, but it's like, it, it was like kind of felt a little bit like advertising in a sense to me, where it's like, you're doing working on a lot of different things and see what sticks and what works. And so I was there for about a year and then, and then I moved on to, um, Monsters versus Aliens TV show at Nickelodeon. Um, and that one ran for one season. Um, and then at that point, I, I made the jump over to, um, to DreamWorks. So there was a, a gentleman, um, 
that's you know you know really well known in the industry is named Mark Taylor, and he headed up production um, at Nickelodeon, and he he had moved on from Nickelodeon, and he was uh, called into uh, DreamWorks, and you know uh, was working early on uh, with Ann Daly, and uh, you know went back when Jeffrey Katzenberg was was at DreamWorks and and starting the TV division. Uh, at DreamWorks. And then uh, I came over, um, you know, with a few people to start the TV division very, very early on. Um, I was uh, one of the first four people to come over. Um, and it's kind of a funny story because, uh, you know, it's, it's, we had nothing, no folder structure, like no, no, no uh, kind of setup. It was like we were starting from scratch. Um, and, you know, uh, you know, just kind of making decisions and sort of like, you know, we were like very, very early on, like, like what render are we going to use? And we were like kind of running some tests and trying to decide um, early on for, for our first shows, like, oh, do we want to use like Arnold? Do we want to use, you know, V-Ray? Do we want to use, you know, what do we want to do? We ended up, you know, um, you know, going with V-Ray for a lot of our shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the type of stuff that we were deciding like very, very early on. Um, and, you know, just everything from hair and fur and like, you know, how do we want to do it? And, um, you know, we had our first few shows there that we were, um, working on, uh, for this big Netflix order. So Netflix had ordered a bunch of shows, uh, from DreamWorks and, um, we basically had those orders to fill. So we knew that we were going to have to produce these shows. Um, it was a lot, right? I mean, it was, I remember when you first. Was it was an insane amount of work. <laughs> it was, it was, you know, at the time, you know, what, what we would say is that it was the biggest order in TV, you know, kind of TV history in a sense, like, in like, you know, in a sense, cause it was new, you know, for, for Netflix getting into animation stuff and it had ordered like thousands and thousands of hours of programming. Right. Um, so in that first batch um, was, uh, a King Julian series, um, a show, uh, an ex- a, a new version of a show called Veggie Tales that existed for a really long time. Um, an adaption of, uh, of a, uh, children's storybook, uh, called Dino Trucks. Um, as well as, uh, we did a Puss in Boots series, like early on. So we were just, you know, jumping into like the deep end and, and uh, it was really interesting because, um, you know, early on we were building the assets and myself and, and a couple of other people that, that I had started with, uh, you know, a guy who now, uh, I think he works at Animal Logic now in Vancouver, Andrew Hepp is his name. And him and, uh, you know, my, my supervisor at the time is this guy, Randy Dormans, who's at, at Netflix, uh, and Chris Newhan, who's, I think, he's, uh, he's directing a Lego project now. But, um those guys, we were all like figuring this out together and, uh, and, you know, ju- jumping into building our first asset in our new pipeline. And the first asset we were trying to do was King Julian. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we were jumping into fur. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a fur artist. I did the fur on, on the first character. Um, and, you know, we were just really figuring out the pipe and how it was all going to work. And, uh, you know, I remember this, this funny story early on where, um, I had to present, um, it was very short notice. Actually, they told me Jeffrey Katzenberg is coming, coming down to take a look. So it was Mark Taylor, Mark Taylor, who's, you know, um, you know, sort of the production head for, for TV, 
like looked at this King Julian and he was like, it looks great. Let's just show it. And of course I was like super stressed out about this because I was like, no, let's not show it. Like this is nowhere, you know, he's going to, you know, he's going to see this and he's used to seeing like all this, you know, amazing like uh, stuff in the feature side and, and so on. But, um, so, you know, I got like 48 hours notice and it was like, you know, stay as long as I can myself and this guy, Andrew, to get, to, get this thing ready mm-hmm. for Jeffrey to come by our desk to look at this thing. So, um, so anyway, Jeffrey came by and, and, you know, he, he, you know, he looked at it and we showed him like the feature one and we showed him the RTV one. And he was like, you know, he thought it was good. And, and he said some very nice things and, and that was that. And it was uh, nerve wracking. And, and, you know, I, I had, didn't know what to expect, but it went really well. Um, and kind of that kind of just started, you know, started, started all when I think back, like that's the story that I think about when I think about, you know, starting uh, DreamWorks TV. Right. Um, and we all used to fit in an elevator. That's the other thing. The TV division used to fit in an elevator. And we, we took a picture and we said, this is the last time we'll ever all fit in an elevator. Yep. Uh, this was after a few people had joined. We had about 12 people. Right. Um, and, um, we really grew, like, it was unbelievable growth from there. I mean, we were up to about probably like maybe 250 people that first, that first year. Um, and then over the next couple of years, I think we ballooned up to, you know, uh, north of 900 people. Yeah. Um, I remember at, point, at one point early on. It wasn't you with someone else I knew who worked at Dreamworks. He was like, he says, we're hiring like 25 people a week. <laughs> it was insane. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. imagine going through all that orientation, getting set up and like, it's just, you know, it was amazing. But yeah, yeah. you guys did a ton of work. You still are doing a ton of work, obviously. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, it was like, it's, it felt like a once in a lifetime thing, like sort of to create a startup like that. That's, that's also like, you know, has the backing of such a big studio in a sense and has like, you know, all those great feature properties that, that were developed to work off of and, and, and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, absolutely. It was a really, really great vibe. And then, um, yeah, a lot of people starting, like you said, training up a lot of people, launching shows and, you know, sort of getting thrown into the deep end of the pool. Um, and then, uh, you know, pretty quickly after, like after the first year, I think, or like it wasn't even the first year I, I, I got promoted to, uh, to being CG supervisor. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I was kind of CG supervisor centrally for the studio and, uh, for the TV division, sorry. Um, and we kind of built this hub team. We call it the hub team, uh, which was our centralized CG team that supported all the shows. So we had, uh you know, um, modelers, riggers, uh, surfacing people, lighting people, all different disciplines were in this centralized team. And then we had sort of like these branches that went off into the production teams and they had their own like showrunners and art directors and, and so on and so forth. So it worked, it worked really, really well. We were, um, at the time we weren't actually on the main campus. Um, we started on the main campus, um, and then we ended up, as we got bigger, we ended up moving to a, a building in, uh, in Glendale, uh, uh, I think it's 655 Central in Glendale on brand. And then, um, and then there's where like the enormous growth took, took place where we, I think we ended up with, I think we had like five floors at one point. Um, and yeah. And then, and then that was, that was, you know, a piece of it was like, 
develop and building like, you know, the pipeline. And then of course, a lot of our work is done at partner studio. So that's like a whole other big part of it that that's, uh, yeah. Can you, yeah. can you explain that? How, the, how did that process of how you guys come up, you know, the idea and how you partner with your studios to do it? Cause it's even with the amount of people you had, it's still way too much work considering how much has to be done. Right. Yeah. So, so what we would do is we would build the main characters, like our most, uh, sort of, uh, I'm going to say like important characters or, or highly visible characters, like in King Julian, it would be like King Julian and more, and, you know, kind of the more the, the well-known characters. And we will, we would build those in house. Right. Um, and then what we would do is we would figure out all the nuances and all the little, you know, tips and tricks for building, um, one of the characters. Um, and then we would document everything, how to do it, like how to name the files, how to, set it up, um, you know, what the render times are when we run a render, they should be in this range, you know, what kind of machine did we use? Um, and we would, you know, we would run some, some animation tests. And then, um, while that was happening, we would be doing, uh, a pre-build of like the, 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 the main set, um, props, all that kind of stuff for, for the series. Um, and then, uh, those would be the examples. And then those examples would, would, uh, get shared with our partners. We would hire, uh, studios that could do like, you know, bigger scale production, you know, teams that had, you know, hundreds of people. Um, and what we would do is we would share those assets with them. We would ship them over along with the documentation. And then myself and a team, uh, would fly out to these studios and, and to spend a week there, two weeks, you know, sometimes I, I spent like two, three weeks, um, at these studios going over all of the, the way that we build things. And, you know, we would bring like our, our specialists from each discipline. They would do their presentations. Um, and, you know, we would do it, we would time it so that it would be happening at the same time as the build was happening. Um, and then we would go back again during animation and then during lighting. So we would be there. We would be walking the floor. We would sit with, with, uh, with the teams and, you know, answer questions. And, you know, one of the things that, that I think was, was really amazing is, is to go and see all those groups of people that are so enthusiastically working on it. And it's like, it's, it's interesting because when we think of outsourcing traditionally, um, you know, I think that there's like, you know, kind of a, a way that we think about it. And it's kind of like, oh, you know, we're just sending that stuff over there. And it's a little bit of like, you know, kind of like, oh, you just send it and then you get back something. But but we treated it very, very differently. And the philosophy of, of our studio and, and Mark Taylor, who who was the production, head of production for TV, um, was that, you know, these people were partners for us. Like they were like very important to our production. And, and um, you know, we would you know, not treat them like a vendor, but treat them like people who we work with as if they were on our team. And, you know, we really, um, I think, uh, felt strongly about that. And, and we embrace that and the team embrace it. And so going there, um, we developed some really great bonds with people and some really great um, relationships. And, you know, something you learn is that like artists are the same everywhere. Like we all like similar stuff. Um, you know, we all have pride in our work. Um, we're, we're all going to try the best we can to, to, you know, to, to do some, you know, really great work. 
Um, so it's like a mutual respect thing. And, uh, and yeah, so we worked really closely with a few of these, these teams. We had work with studios in India. We worked with studios in, in Canada. We worked with studios in, uh, in Taiwan, um, some 2D studios, um, in different areas, the Philippines and different areas. So kind of developing all these relationships. Um, and, and that's a big part of it, uh, for us. And it's been kind of our, our secret sauce basically of how we, how we get it done. We have a really strong team in house. Um, and, and, you know, we kind of come up with the recipe and then we sort of share the recipe with people and help them, you know, create similar stuff yeah 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 it's pretty it's it's pretty cool i think obviously it's very efficient but you also just you you prep everything for them you give them everything they need it's all set up really nicely which is which is cool um so uh obviously you know you've you've been at this for for quite a while i've been doing this eight nine years now is that what it is i'm coming up on 10 years at dreamworks yeah Yeah, 10 years yeah so it's uh You've been you've been doing this quite a while. And you've got a great formula, and obviously, it's still a very successful thing. But what were some besides the growth? <laughs> what were some of your biggest challenges that you were dealing with uh, during that during that time? Well, I think I think growth is definitely one of them. I think I think expectations, uh, complexity, um, were, were always challenging. I think that. Um, as we became better and better at, you know, hitting a higher and higher quality, um, you know, our goal was always like, you know, we want to blur the line between TV and feature quality. Um, just in general, like we just want, we wanted to, you know, have people watch it and just, you know, sort of, you know, feel like they're, they're being entertained and, and not really, you know, think of it as something that's, you know, like a, you know, a notch down, like from feature or anything like that. And, um, so for us, it was like, of course, you know, you have to have great content, great writing. If it's comedy, it has to be really funny, good story. Um, and then, you know, a look that is, is, you know, really selling it and like, you know, kind of really convincing and stuff. And we got really good at it. You know, honestly, like we, we became pretty good at, at getting, you know, really nice results. And, uh, you know, of course, as you know, like render times and load times and, you know, um, the kind of the frames per second for like a rig and all these things are like critical, right? Like to, to your production and TV production where you have, uh, you know, your quotas are so high, you know, your daily or weekly outputs are so much higher than a feature. So, so that stuff all has to be like, you know, really hitting on all cylinders. You know, you have to keep those, you know, frames per second low and you got to get those render times low. So figuring that out and tweaking and tweaking and tweaking at it. Um, was kind of our specialty. And, and we got to a point where we can get some really nice quality. Um, and I think that with that came the ambition of the storytellers and the showrunners of like wanting to tell bigger stories and the studio wanting to tell bigger stories. Um, so I think that over the years, like I think that one of our biggest challenges has been the balance between, um, you know, telling stories with really big worlds and big character amounts and counts and, um, and, you know, and being able to produce it, actually do it within the budget and do it, um, on time and, you know, not, not break our studios or partners. And, um, so that, that I would say is like the biggest challenge, um, for us is, is just managing expectations and, and kind of an area that, that I've, 
gravitated and moved into more and more career-wise for me as I moved up in, in the organization in a sense. Yeah. So what, what, are your, what is your responsibility now? Uh, well, my, my current, I'm, I'm currently the, the VP of animation production. Um, so I, you know, I basically am, am very involved with vetting like our partner studios. Uh, when we are looking for partners, uh, I'm very involved with that and just making sure that, you know, they're going to be able to hit the quality. They're going to be able to, you know, have the proper production personnel and leadership to be able to accomplish uh, the shows that we're trying to achieve on budget. So I work with a team of people um, on, on that, uh, on that aspect of it. That's kind of the business side of it. And, and uh, you know, I'm sort of the more creative person in that business, that physical production group. Mm -hmm. um, and then also work with, um, you know, with our CG supervisors and our, you know, kind of a VFX supervisor, animation supervisor, um, to, uh, come up and like kind of vet those studios and, and go back and forth with them to establish pipeline. Um, another part of, you know, uh, what I do also is just, you know, what I like to describe as like standing up a show. Um, and that's like working with the, with the line producer on the series, the creatives on a series and the partner studio sort of like getting all the parties together, like making sure that everybody understands what the objectives are and like what our parameters are for the series, like what we can actually achieve. Um, and then, and then putting together the, the team, you know, is, is part of like a big part of it also. It's like, uh, specifically in the CG roles, I concentrate a lot on that areas, like, you know, trying to find like our, uh, supervisors for, for, uh, lighting, our supervisors, lighting and comp, our supervisor for animation, um, and then kind of putting together, um, you know, people who are like have the right talent and skill sets for a particular show and like, uh, you know, assembling that. And it, so it's kind of like a kind of producer, kind of like um, standing up shows kind of thing. I'm very involved in the tech side, software, uh, software planning, software, you know, uh, kind of deal work closely with, with the centralized like technology team at DreamWorks, which are fantastic. Um, and that sort of thing. And then I, I try, I travel a lot and go, go to the studios and, you know, visit, um, productions and stuff and put out a lot of fires, quite honestly. I mean, that's, that's a big part of it is I, I, without fires. <laughs> I try to, yeah, I try to. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough job. Yeah. That's definitely a tough job. Yeah. Uh, so, so obviously, you know, over the close to 10 years, as you said, uh, you've done there, how, how many different types of, how many shows have you done? Do you, can, have, have you counted them? Ooh, it's gotta be, um, it's over 50, I think. 50 shows. Yeah. Different shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I, I think I, I don't, I don't remember the exact number, but I was counting them, including the 2D shows and the CD shows. It's somewhere it's, it's around 50. That's crazy. Yeah. And some of them have multi, many seasons. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have, yeah. and some of them, I mean, they're all different. They're all different size productions and different budgets. I mean, we have everything from, from, uh, you know, the Jurassic Camp Cretaceous, which is kind of like, you know, our, I think like, our highest, like, you know, budgeted shows. We did a Fast and Furious Spy Racers. Uh, we do some, uh, a lot of shows that like are based on existing features that we yeah. did for, 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 uh, you know, for DreamWorks. So like those two that I named like Jurassic and, and, uh, and the Spy Racers show for Fast and Furious, those were unique because they were things that Universal 
kind of brought to us when Universal purchased DreamWorks, and that kind of became part of 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 uh, sort of the DreamWorks family in a sense. And so those were interesting because they didn't have CG uh, previous CG features, so we had to world build and create those those properties from scratch. And there's there's a lot of challenges um, right. related to that. So which which was interesting as well, but. Um, and then a lot of them is like reinterpreting, um, feature, uh, movies like, uh, you know, like a, like a Kung Fu Panda or King Julian or something like that. And then, um, and then we do a lot of preschool, uh, which is, you know, much more, of course, junior shows and, and, uh, some, a lot of those are original properties as well. Um, so there's a lot and then, and then there's 2D and there's the 2D versions and CG versions. So, so, so in those 50, it's a lot of different types of shows. Um, yep. And so it's a, it's a nice portfolio, I think, of different types of things. Yeah, when my when my kids were, were younger, I used to watch quite a few of them. Nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of like one, the one that kind of took me by surprise that I thought was really good as I didn't expect it was Turbo, the Turbo, the snail. Oh, yeah. 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 It was really funny. Yeah. Yeah, that was <laughs> a funny of- one. That was a very early one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that was that was one that was like that's a lot of jokes about the San Fernando Valley. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah, it's like we're going all the way up to La Canada. <laughs> it's like no, <laughs> you mean La Canada. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, it was a, it's a great it was a great thing. And I I remember touring your studio over actually in, on your Glendale in the building in Glendale. I was like, wow, you guys have grown so much. So it was really impressive the amount of work that you guys do and. Uh, having to manage all 50 shows sounds just absolutely daunting to, to, and, and all those different styles, you know, 2d, 3d, um, different art direction, et cetera. But how does, I mean, you said, you mentioned, you know, obviously DreamWorks does have a bunch of IP and they, they, they do spinoff shows from movies, et cetera. But, uh, do people come up to you guys and say, Hey, I have an idea for a show or, or does or is it? Are you guys all still still mainly working with Netflix, or are you working with other streamers? Uh, no, well? we we we're working with pretty much all the big streamers. Okay. Um, you know, it's 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 uh, you know, Netflix is still a very very big and oldest client for us. Um, right. It's uh, so we you know we definitely uh, you know that's a, a very valued uh, relationship for us. Um, but we're working with a lot of, of, of other streamers as well. You know, we're doing stuff for Apple TV. We're doing stuff for Hulu. Uh, we did some shows for Amazon. Um, I mean, we're, we're out there pretty much, uh, you know, working with a lot of the streamers. We, we also, of course, um, you know, Peacock is, uh, part of the NBC Universal family and, 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 and a, um, you know, streaming their own streaming platform, which we're starting to do some work with as well. Um, so yeah, we, we've definitely branched out. Um, and then as far as, um, shows, I mean, I think that we, you know, we do some originals, of course, uh, you know, we always like to, to mix it up a original, um, you know, kind of properties, original IP that we've developed. That's not part of the DreamWorks feature, uh, library. And then we also do, you know, movies that are based on the features. And again, these universal properties, uh, we also own something called the Classic Media Library, which is, you know, a bunch of different type of properties that that, that the studio purchased early on. Um, so there's a lot of different areas that that um, that we develop from a lot of children's books um, have become series. A few of them become series for us. Um, so it comes from a lot of different places, I think. And 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that we have particularly a house style, um, in a sense where some studios have like, you know, like everything looks a certain way, you know, in a sense, like we, we do a lot of different kinds of things and, and, uh, you know, we do some 2d, we do some, um, some other types of stuff like, uh, you know, Kipo, which is a really cool, um, you know, sort of like a Japanese, you know, anime inspired type show. Um, you know, we've done Voltron, which is a pretty unique looking show. That's kind of a hybrid of CG and 2D. Um, so I would say it's, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty open and, and, you know, it's, it's kind of what I really love about it in a sense that like, I, I, I'm myself and the, and the artists and team, like we're never like really doing the same thing over and over again. It's always, there's always some new challenge, something really interesting and, and uh, outside of the box that we have to work on. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I remember the other one, other show I really liked was Troll Hunter. Troll Hunter is what it was yeah, called, right? Troll Hunters, yeah. And that was that was an original one as well. It was really yeah. creative, great yeah. story. It definitely had you hooked every like wanted to see the next episode. So yeah. it, <laughs> it was a great a great show. What were some of your favorite shows to, to work on? Um, one of my, you know, Voltron was a uh, was a I think Voltron Legendary Defender. I think is is the full name of it. Is like. That was a, a really great one for me because um, I liked Voltron when I was a kid. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I watched Voltron and I bought the toys and, and you know, I, I would, you know, I, I just wouldn't have thought like in my wildest dreams that I would be working on Voltron. Like fast forward, like 30 years later, I'm working on Voltron. Um, and I just thought of like, in a sense, like, like how cool it is that, you know, some kids out there are, are watching this and like it and buying those toys the same way that I did. Um, so that was kind of special for me is working, working on that one. Um, I thought just because it had, had a connection with it. Um, I also really, uh, enjoyed, uh, working on, um, the Jurassic, uh, Camp Cretaceous, uh, because again, like, like it had a personal, uh, kind of connection with me in a sense that um, that was, I think, the first time that I really started getting sucked into um, kind of like high-end graphics for movies with the original Jurassic. And, you know, I remember um, someone I knew had a Silicon graphics computer. And I just remember thinking it was like the coolest thing, in, you know, uh, to see it. And, and I, I saw like a documentary where they used those computers to make you know, the Jurassic effects originally, I, mm-hmm. I guess it was ILM, I suppose. Um, yeah, it was but, his Spaz Williams was the name of the guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, and, you know, I think that like connecting with that and, you know, Steven Spielberg came up to the studio and, and did a talk. Uh, and then he walked around and, you know, looked at, uh, at the work we were doing on, on, on the Jurassic Camp Cretaceous and, and like, you know, just getting to be part of that group kind of walking around and, and, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you're like, holy moly, like Steven Spielberg is commenting on this stuff. Like, this is really interesting. This is, you know, never going to happen again. Um, and it was this sort of like, it's just a little surreal and a little, you know, it's kind of, uh, you know, he's someone who's like, you know, a living legend pretty much. And, and, uh, just to, to like, work on a project that has his name on it and has, you know, our names on it is, you know, that's just pretty awesome. So I would say that those two, I think for me just had like a personal 
uh, connection. Um, and then, of course, that first one where, you know, with the Jeffrey story, I mean, that King Julian was like where we, you know, I think that that's kind of where this all started in a sense. And, you know, that won a, a best um, animated series uh, award. Um, yeah. so it was, it was also like really great, like a great start to the, to the, uh, you know, to the studio. So, so I would say those three for me. For sure. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm, I'm, animation has actually become very, very popular, uh, right now. And it's, it's really big in a lot of ways. A lot of people, a lot of people are looking at anime as well. Anime is taking a big, uh, a big, uh, influence in the, in the world. Uh, and what is it, what are your thoughts on that? And also animation now is also popular for things that are not necessarily for kids. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I think it's, I think it's really great. Cause you know, I think for me, like, you know, animation is, is, you know, a way is a tool to tell stories. You know, it's, it's not, it's not a genre. Right. Um, and I think sometimes it's treated like it's a genre, as a, as a separate category. I mean, it's just a tool to like, to tell a story. Um, and I, I think that, you know, one of the things that's very exciting for me and it's been like a goal, you know, long-term goal of mine is for animation to be, uh, a choice, a viable choice to tell, you know, adult dramas or action or whatever it is. And for it to not be, uh, always associated with, with, uh, with the children's market necessarily. I mean, it's fine that it is. I mean, I think it's, that's fantastic that, you know, a lot of shows are, but I think that, you know, sitting down and, and, you know, watching a a movie that's, that is, you know, tapping into something emotional, like, you know, whether it's uh, drama, horror, or, or something that's generally associated with, with grownup movies, um, I think is, is really cool. And and I think like breaking those, those, you know, kind of like those boundaries. And I, I think that those boundaries have been broken in other countries and other regions around the world. I just think in, in, in the American market, um, not as much, but uh, other than, you know, there's comedies and, and a lot of fun, fun things in like adult com- comedy type stuff, but not, not so much in the drama um, and that sort of stuff. So I, I think, it, I think if it just becomes like a tool where you can make a, you know, big movies and tell stories that you want to tell um, where, you know, maybe if you can't make uh, you know, a $400 million movie, but you can make like, you could tell that same story in, in a, in a feature that's for animation that's geared towards adults. Like that would be really fantastic. And, and, you know, to kind of break those barriers down, which I think we're headed that way. I just think it's going to, yeah. it's going to take a while. I think it's, um, you know, it's a generational thing. And I think that there's an association with animation as cartoons and that sort of thing. And I think that it's shifting and, and, uh, we'll get there. Uh, but that's really exciting for me, I, I think. And, and just to see the growth of it and for it not to be a thing that you stop necessarily watching or you age out of. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've, I, I, I did, I did a recording. Actually, I just released it this week uh, with, uh, Bill Plimpton. So he's been doing sort of stuff in the animation world and that's more in that area. But I think, you know, Love, Death and Robots is starting to prove that yep. people really like that kind of stuff. Do you guys see yourself moving into that space or opportunities to move into that space and broaden some of the stuff you guys are doing? Yeah, and I think there's always conversation about it. You know, ultimately, you know, we're, you know, we're a brand and, and you know, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, I think that 
it's, you know, what does the brand want to be? What does it represent? And, and that sort of stuff. So that there's always that conversation happening. So um, I think there's definitely interest. Uh, I think the com- conversation will continue. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, cool. Okay. Well, uh, I, I know we're sen- you're, you've got a hard out, so I'm going to be sensitive to your time. But I just give you an opportunity there. Was there things that people can look forward to? What are some of the new shows coming out or things that are coming out soon that people can can check out? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's there's a lot of uh, you know cool shows that we're working on. You know, I, I I can't divulge some of the titles and and that sort of thing, but I think that you know we're working on 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 some new shows that are gonna that are definitely ex- exploring uh, you know a new genre and like dabbling into horror a little bit, like still with mm-hmm. kind of you know still for a younger audience, you know, not necessarily, but but I think that that's going to be really really cool. Uh, coming out, I think that you know right now we have a a uh, Kung Fu Pause of Destiny uh, show that just came out with Jack Black coming back and doing the voice for it, and that's on Netflix, and that's really really cool and has amazing action kind of uh, in it, and 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 I'm excited about that. I think the quality has turned out like fantastic on it, so that's something that that uh, is is available to watch now. Um, and then there is a kind of a dragon spinoff of, you know, current day, uh, dragons spinoff that's, that's out now as well. That's really cool. Um, so those are the big ones that you can watch, uh, watch now. And then, you know, in the future, I think, you know, the, the ones that I mentioned, like establishing, like kind of like looking into new, uh, new genre kind of in, within animation, I think is super, super exciting. Um, That's awesome. but yeah, I mean, uh, lots of stuff coming out stuff where, you know, um, so a lot of things from DreamWorks TV and, you know, and finding it in a lot of different places. Also, I think that, you know, a lot of streamers, uh, a lot of different things, like I was saying earlier, uh, we're really, um, out there in a lot of, a lot of locations. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, that's great. I really appreciate you being able to to share this uh, stuff with us. I've always loved, uh, you know, working with you guys and doing kind of fun stuff. So looking forward to many more years of that. But it's really great to see that you that you know the the company that you could all fit into an elevator is <laughs> as big as it is now. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty amazing. Yeah, and it's been awesome. You know, like again, like I'm so happy to to, to have been able to be on this and uh, join your you know join your podcast. And it's you know it's definitely uh, loved in the industry. Um, and yeah, and just, you know, it's been great working with you as well. And, and kind of, you know, honestly, like some of those conversations and collaborations early on, like we, you know, we couldn't have done it without it, without you guys and, and kind of talking, talking through all of our, our issues and, you know, complicated things that we would want to do that, uh, yeah. that we had really smart people figure out for us. So, uh, so yeah, thank you. Took Vlado directly to your office, say here, yeah. you'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, you know, he's part of the. He's definitely part of the DreamWorks TV history, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. For sure. All right. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being on. Thank you. Thank you.